0: Hello and welcome to the From Way Downtown Pacers podcast. This is Nat Newell. I'm the Indie Stars Pacers editor. I am here with our Pacers insider, uh, Dustin Doperak. Um, we uh, obviously this is we're, we're taping this Wednesday right before the game against the Golden State Warriors. So mm. if everything changes tonight, then, uh, then then just disregard all this. <laughs> um, but let's get right to it. Um, obviously, the Pacers started off this season way better than anyone expected. They've kind of, I guess, slumped a little bit lately. Obviously, the competition's got better, but there's been some losses in there where that that they're you know, you, you, there's not a great excuse for necessarily. Where
1: do you see the Pacers at right now? Yeah, I mean, I think they've they've proved. I don't think it's crazy to imagine them as a playoff team, but I think you can obviously see that there's a ceiling that they're not going to reach. Basically, at this point, you could say, okay, well, this is not going to be a top echelon team and not that anybody was thinking that but i I think when when a team outperforms what it's supposed to do you sort of wait to see okay like where does where does the trajectory start to level uh a little bit and i I think we're sort of seeing it level and, and we're seeing that they can beat good teams I don't know how consistently they're going to be good teams, uh, and I don't know how consistently they're going to be good teams on the road. I mean, obviously, the the, the big test case was sending them on the road for seven seven games in 12 days. Uh, you know, going out to play uh, a, a lot of pretty good teams out west, not necessarily the best teams. In the conference, not the best teams in the NBA, but some good solid uh, competition on the road, and they did not that great. You know, two out of two out of seven uh, isn't what you're looking for. And they had a couple good performances, even in losses. They had a good. Well, they had a good performance against the Timberwolves in a loss. Like, falling behind really bad, but rallying all the way back and making that a game I thought was uh, was a pretty good performance. But they got housed by Sacramento, housed by Utah, beat by the Clippers pretty handily, um, beat by Portland pretty handily, even though they were shorthanded there. So I think you're seeing, okay, they can beat some teams sometimes. Uh, it's just a question of whether they're going to be that do that consistently enough uh, to pull somewhere in the range of forty-ish, forty-five wins. It might get you to uh, at least the play, at least the playing round. Um, and I, and I, th- I still think it's possible because I think again the um, the chemistry is still there, and they they their top-level performers are. are, are pretty good I mean I think Tyrese Halliburton is going to be an all-star this year he ought to be Uh, Benedict Matherin is going to be all rookie team I think I think that's fair to say and I think uh, several other players have performed above what we expected Miles Turner is playing his best basketball I think Buddy Heald has come in and and is has the best role he's had in several years Um, he's having the best season he's having several years Andrew and Emhart I think is one of the great surprises of this rookie class uh, so far and, and defending at a really really high level um, you know, but I, I, think you're seeing they're they're not going to win every night. And I don't know if they're going to win most nights, especially against tougher competition and especially on the road. And that probably, you know, evens out to somewhere between 38 and 46 wins.
0: And then the big question is, I mean, I, again, let's, we'll start with this as a foundation, which is mm-hmm. this was supposed to be the worst team in the NBA. Right. Clearly they're not. So there right. is, and that's a, and, and that's a good, mostly a good thing. Mm-hmm for those of us at the, in the media business who are very much hoping to get Victor Wembanyama here it's not a good thing but you can't you you're not once they started doing what they were doing you're not going to tell them to lose are they in some respects right back where they were before they're going to be a 500 team they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs they're not going to get a draft pick a difference making draft pick in all likelihood um so uh, as, as fun as this team is, should fans be concerned about that end result? I mean, I think,
1: they, first off, I would say they can get a difference-making draft pick. I don't think they necessarily get a draft pick that by himself alters the balance of power uh, in the NBA, where Victor Wimbanyama is a guy who can alter the balance of power in the NBA. I mean, like, you obviously saw what happened when, when LeBron James came in the league. You know, from that point forward, where LeBron was sort of dictated, the way a lot of the standings were going to go. Obviously, he didn't win every championship every year, but where that guy was going to be, he he was going to have a really competitive top-four team. You, You had to go through him to win you know, the East for a long, long time. Um, and and I think Victor Womanyama can have a, a similar impact. It probably won't happen right away. It won't, won't happen his 19-year-old year. But by the time he's 21, I don't think it's crazy to imagine him having whatever team he's with in a similar position to what Cleveland was in 2005 or 2006, you know, prior even to the first uh, championship run, not necessarily going in there and beating every veteran, but, you know, doing stuff that's crazy and therefore being able to drag a team along with him just about the amazing stuff that he's able to do. So they're probably not going to get him, They're probably not going to get Scoot Henderson either. Um, but I think they, they can obviously, you know, somewhere in between three and whatever they're going to be, um, th- there are going to be other difference-making draft picks that I think can work with this group. But the reason I, I would not say that they're in a bad position is I think they have a franchise centerpiece in Tyrese Halliburton. And he's, it's not just him being a good player. It's him being the sort of player that makes everybody else better too and also makes everybody else want to be there. Uh, And and that, like, those don't come along all the time. You know, you you can find a lot of players that are of Tyrese's talent level um, or or that do some of the same things he does. Um, So he's not like this freak that you've never seen anything like before. But I think he's, you know, just really gifted at pushing pace, setting up teammates, you know, keeping guys engaged. Uh, making sure they get rewarded for their hard work. I think all of those things make him um, a, a, a truly, you know, center of the franchise, true cornerstone type of guy that you say, okay, you can build around this. And then so you obviously have other really good pieces to start with, Matherin, with Nembhard. Um, You know, Heald and Turner, you don't know what's going to be with them long term. But, I mean, even, you know, you're not seeing great things from Jalen Smith right now, but he can be a guy, I think. Isaiah Jackson can be a guy. Uh, Neesmith, you know, a, a lot of these guys I think can be, you know, really solid cornerstone pieces that you can build a franchise around. And, you know, you want to have other big-time guys, obviously. I don't think they can get by without somebody else who's really, really good. But that doesn't have to be the number one overall pick. That doesn't have to be the number two overall pick. I mean, you're coming off, Matherin is clearly a decision-making guy they got at six. And you can get guys later than that that can make a difference. I mean, and, and you know, if, if, if it's going to be that Halliburton and Matherin are their two best guys for the future, that's not a horrible position to be in. You've got to get a third guy. You know, and I guess the further down the list of where does this guy have to be in our pecking order, the further down in the draft, you can technically get him uh, or conceivably get him. So, I mean, I think it's totally possible for this team to it can miss the playoffs. It can get a pick somewhere in the eight, nine range and still get a player that makes them a lot better. Um, So there again. It, it, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to mourn the apparent loss of Victor Wembanyama because I do think he is going to be an absolutely league-changing guy. Um, but they can still get a guy, even if they don't get him, they can get a guy who changes their trajectory and, and hastens their trajectory uh, wherever I think they're, they're going to be picking.
0: I did a bunch of research on tanking, what yeah. the benefits are of it and what the, the downside of it is. Um, and really, when you look at everything from the last 20 years or whatever, and and I looked at anybody who had back to back a top 10 pick and a top five pick. Obviously, that you could have more than that. Um, and you know, and my conclusion, and if you're driving, you probably want to pull over before I say this because it's going to blow you away. If you want to be a good team, the most important thing mm-hmm. get good players, however you can get them. Shocking, I know. Yeah. The the point being. Uh, but now, the point being that, number one, tanking kind of doesn't really work. I mean, again, it, 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 there's any number of t- – I mean, everybody thinks of the process with the 76ers. Well, they have not made a conference finals yet. Right. Before that, the, the Sixers had a year uh, – the, the, the research is not fresh in my mind, but they had about nine guys in the five or ten range. They did make a finals, but it was really just because they had Allen Iverson and right. the East was really weak that year. Um mm-hmm. So now the flip side of that is, it does make sense to tank when there is the guy to get when it's yeah. LeBron or whatever. And obviously, it seems like there is the guy this year. Maybe there's more than one guy this year. Um, so, but again, I mean, it's easy to for me to lament all the page views and subscriptions that Victor Wembanyama would have would, would have would have provided for Indie Star. I also think you have to look at the fact that there was only a. 14% chance that you get them, I mean, even if you are one of the bottom three teams. Again, I'm even willing to say, hey, I'm Scoot Henderson. I'm willing to take the 28%. I'm not greedy. I want right. Let Karma know I'm not greedy. I don't need <laughs> Wem Benyana. I just needed one of the top two guys to help us out. Right. Um, <laughs> but once you get to the point where they were, where they, you know, playing so well, I think you, you, you just got to let it go and realize that, hey, well, yes. Like, I mean, it's basically what you said. Yes, you would love to have this guy. Mm. You can build teams. There's lots of different ways to build teams, and tanking is right. – I mean, I, the only, the best example of tanking that worked I can think of is Seattle-slash-Oklahoma City, which got, in three consecutive years, mm. Kevin Durant, mm. uh, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. Yeah. And it took all three of them – and, oh, by the way, they didn't win the – final. They, right. they, they made one NBA Finals with those three guys mm. nailing three Hall of Famers in three consecutive drafts, right. and it still wasn't enough. So – I, again, I've gone, I've gone through my morning part process and sort of come out the other side, but and I think we have. But I do think it'll be a little disappointing if this team ends up 500 and loses in the first round of the playoffs or doesn't make it. But I could be wrong.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, but I think there will be there will be value in a playoff run for this team. I, I think they're like. And obviously there, there are specific situations that could happen. You could find yourself in a scenario where, okay, maybe the chemistry is not as good in March as it is, you know, in December. Right now these guys all, all really, really like each other, and it's, it's December. So, you know, somebody could make somebody mad. Somebody could hit on somebody else's girlfriend. You never know, and then all of a sudden in March, you know, everybody's throwing punches at each other. You don't know. Um, right now it's a really close locker room. Right now it's a, guy that really, a group of guys that really believe each other. They, they, and there's talent and there's connection. And like I think you know, Rick. The way Rick Carlisle talks about this, I mean, he's he's very careful in the way he speaks about it. But he has used the, used the, the phrase to say we're we're fighting for to keep that culture. Um, and I think that he, he wasn't directly. Uh, addressing Kevin Pritchard there uh, of saying please don't trade my guys. Yeah, but then he made another joke when, in LA when he was asked about Buddy and, and Miles, and he said, you know, I understand why everybody wants has an interest in trading them. I have an interest in not trading them. <laughs> um, and you know, he said this is special. This doesn't come along every day. This is ev- you know. So if you have a group that has this kind of connection and it maintains this this kind of connection throughout the course of a year. Um, You know, like there is value in not taking their legs out from under them, having them, having them maintain their connection with each other, but also not that you don't want them feeling like they're in a, a bunker being attacked by their management. You know, uh, where you don't want it to feel like there's there's the coach and the staff and everybody that's in the locker room here. And then there's, you know, the organization over here and and the two are at odds. Um, You know, I don't think you you want that necessarily. Um, And if if they go to a playoff series and lose it, but fight, they're going to find out what a playoff series is like. Um, Now, again, they need to add talent. You know, if, if, so however that works, and, and again, we consider the fact that, you know, Turner's contract is, is ending, grand total, there needs to be more talent. There needs to be more size. I, I think that's very clear. I mean, even, you know, uh, the, that's the most necessary thing, I think, to me. Like, they, they, I, this, this can be a pretty good team with the top level, top line talent that it has. Um, I don't know that it's enough to win a title. I think that there's got to be another guy in that top range. There's got to be another guy that you say in the same breath as Halliburton and Matherin um, and you know, and, and Turner. He, he, like Turner's there now. Whether Turner stays or goes, I think still so think there's got to be another guy um, that you look at and say that's somebody that you can depend on for points all the time. He's going to be steady. He's you know going to be a go-to guy. Um, but they they need some muscle in there. They're getting they're starting to get pushed around. Um, again, you're starting to see it in the depth that they do not have with with Daniel Thea still being out having not played at all, obviously. So that was a sensible acquisition in terms of what you imagine him to be, and and, and they would be, I think, better at those things if they had him. Um, But they need a guy they can throw in there as as a backup that's going to be able to muscle with somebody who wants to go get crash and get offensive rebounds to be able to keep those guys off the glass because they've real had problems with that. That's a big reason why they got beat up at Brooklyn. You know, Isaiah Jackson is their best forward coming off the bench, and he's fine. I think he's a really good player, but you know, he 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 doesn't have a lot of bulk to him. He's not a very Right, thick he's not a thick individual he's listed at 205 I think he's probably 215 or 220 I think these guys are all that lighter or 220. that that seems that seems fair and, and but like 220 is not 265 <laughs> there's a reason Deron Sharp came in and threw everybody around you know uh, as for as much as it's you know Brooklyn that team should not have been able to beat the Pacers at all but they, the advantage they had is they're throwing out Daron Sharp and Markeith Morris and that's 600 pounds a human um or is it 500 pounds of human? It's 500, 500 pounds. It's 500 pounds of human. I was doing the math. That's still a lot. They're not 300 each. They're 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 250, they're two fi- yes. they're 250 each. I'll handle that. And that's numbers, yeah so. yeah. Make sure I didn't screw that up in previous copy, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're 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 500 pounds of human, and you know, the Pacers probably have maybe 420 pounds of human throwing in there, the four of the five, in any given point in time. Um, so it's an issue. It's a di- like there's a serious serious difference there, and and, and they've got to make sure they've got guys they can muscle. But they're, they they're This group can't do it on its own, but to go back to the original question, the value of experience for this group could be something, and and I think you can look at it and say Halliburton and Matherin are going to be a part of the next Pacers team, and whatever postseason experience they get is not a bad thing. The other sort of looming
0: question here, and again, I want to put this in the context of this team is way more fun and good than I expected, than I think anyone expected them to be, but Turner is obviously, I mean, he's best season of his career, and it seems like he, I, I hesitate to say this, but it seems like he's been more of an adult this year. He's handled some situations pretty. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 Woj pod. Uh, I mean, again, right. I don't I don't know that I don't know that he handled that as well as he could on his defense. When mm-hmm. someone says, "Hey, should does a team should a team want you?" What are you supposed to say? No. Right. But he, if he's not here next year, the question is: do you, If you trade him, you're just not getting value back for him. Mm-hmm. And then number two, this goes to exactly what you're saying, except. They already need size, and then you lose Turner. Now you need two pieces of size. I right. uh, just sort of talk about what you think the future is with Turner in terms of a trade and right. and whatever other what other other options there are for him.
1: Yeah, no, I mean this is hard because I'm still still getting a sense of what value looks like. I mean, like prior to getting the speed, I didn't really dig into that stuff. <laughs> I wasn't like a you know guy that played around on the trade machine, you know, all, all the time. So like the, the moving parts of this are, are stuff I'm still coming to grips with, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously you've got to know what kind of value you're getting. Um, and, and, you know, obviously a, a significant issue is, you know, if, 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 this t- if this guy gets traded away for distant future draft picks. Uh, this group is going to feel like it got its legs t- taken out from underneath it, and and you're going to have to justify that, and certainly it's going to be, now, if, if they're way out of it, and it's, if it's February 9th and they're way out of it, that's going to be easy, easier to get across to the Tyrese's, the Benedict's, you know, buddies, you know, all it's going to be easier to explain to that locker room if they're out of it by February 9th, and, and, and you wait until then to find out, you know, what somebody can give you and, and hope you can maximize his value, Ho- hope that holding on to him you know puts a contender contender in a position where it has to give you a lot. Um you know if like right now if 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 you were to tell Tyrese Halliburton, yeah we got rid of uh, Miles cuz we really want the Lakers 27 2027 and 2029 first round picks and he's like I don't know if I'm going to be here in 2027 2029 if this is how you guys are going to act. Um, and so I, I think that's that that's an issue that's that's there you have to sort of consider okay like well, like you need you should try to get assets. Let's not put that uh, totally to the side that is an important thing if you let him walk you know then then you've let a, an asset walk out the door without turning anymore more assets and that's not optimal um but it's a question of what are those assets going to be what is enough to balance out whatever you're going to have to give up by moving him um and you know what's what that's going to be at the time i mean right now i think it would just rip the soul out of these guys uh maybe and in, in, you know maybe by january 20th they're like five games out of eighth and you know barely hanging on to uh the 10th spot or or maybe they're outside the 10th spot maybe the wizards jump them and the heat jump them and everybody else jumps them and they're you know five games out of 10th um and it's possible to get that very last play in spot but you could at least tell Tyrese and and those guys like I know you're fighting but this is best for long term we need to do this Um, you know so there just becomes a lot of moving parts there you know I mean I I think um, you know there is uh, some value to trying to get guys that are in the league now uh, you know, you're just, just trying to get something of, of guys that have some potential that might not have Miles' potential, but, you know, somebody who's younger but has some promise um, from a team that, that needs some more now and has, you know, guys that they picked up at 17th, 18th, 20th in the draft but have some level of promise. Maybe those are some guys that you look at. Um, you know, uh, I, I think – there's 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 a lot of ways that this could be handled and it's all just a question of how does the league end up valuing him and what are the moving parts that lead to who need who is going to need a center who can shoot threes and block shots and what will they be willing to give up for him uh closer to i mean like again like i don't think what's been on the table for melee is enough you know and and i think you have to look at i I think you do have to look at it as your window is tighter it is more now than it is few than it is far distant and i think 20 if you're thinking 2027 i think you're thinking too far in the distance for this group then that's not to be next year but it's it's got to be soon
0: yeah my concern is what are you going to get for turner and if it's a lottery protected or top 10 protected draft pick number one you're you're probably trading him to a team that's in the playoffs, right. so,
1: so it doesn't matter if it's lottery protected or not.
0: But and you're getting a it's, and getting the 20th pick in the draft for Miles Turner does nothing for me. Again, could you get lucky and find someone? Yeah, you can. I mean, yeah. uh, you know that, that can happen before. Yeah, but no. th- that's what it's going to take is get You're giving up an, a clearly established guy who yeah. can sh- block shots and shoot threes, which any team in the league wants for. Yeah. Uh, hoping that you get lucky in the draft. Um, see, I still think, I mean, number one, the Lakers trade is not happening because Westbrook mm-hmm. is useful now. As coming off the bench. I mean, he's been okay. good coming yeah.
1: coming off the bench. He so. had an okay night until he had a bad night last night. That that game was wild.
0: But right. uh, I want the 27th and the 29th. 29 picks because they're unprotected i mean again people i mean there's I, yeah. value there, there there's value
1: to being unprotected and you don't know because obviously you, you you think about that and because you're really asking where the lakers gonna be at that point in time and the dice roll is okay uh, you, you have to presume that lebron's gone by then either he's retired or he has chased the, the playing with brawny dream um someplace else you know, and because I think if you're the Lakers, you're probably not hanging on for that. If if you've got LeBron, in, so that's 2027. 20, he's 43. Yeah, um,
0: I'm not putting it past him, but 43. Not putting it past him. He'll I,
1: still be able to play and bust up most people. I don't think we. I, I think we all know that. The question is how much like is he going to want to be dragging himself out there at 43, and are the Lakers going to want to make him a centerpiece of the franchise still at 43? That's a question. Um, and so you, you have to presume that there's going to be a fall off. But then again, the Lakers do not want to be bad for very long. Like if if They end this experiment, you know, they'll have a really bad year somewhere in there, maybe two really bad years, and they'll throw a just a gargantuan amount of money at free agents and they'll be back. You know, you can't presume that uh, the the Lakers will stay on this trajectory, keep getting worse, still have a lottery pick in 2027. My
0: thing would be, I understand that, and obviously L.A. is a very attractive place. Lakers are an attractive team because of the history, but... That's what they were doing before LeBron decided to go there. Sure. the Lakers are I'm sorry one of the worst run franchises in the NBA a train wreck but so I think there is a and the other thing is I 100 yeah. percent agree with you that selling 27 and 29 draft picks to Halliburton and Matherin that's tough yeah. unless you're in the situa- even in, even in even if you're 11th in the east or whatever. But I think you can sell them as assets. I mean, you can say, sure. hey, and we can add someone. Uh, we can use these to add someone immediately, especially mm-hmm. if you're losing Turner. Sure. And that's really what it comes down to is can they resign Turner? Do they want to resign Turner? Does Turner want to re- come back? Right. And I think we've got to look at that and now. The spe- it, and the
1: specifics of it's, it, you know, do you want, the, I, I think the bottom line answer is does, does Turner want to resign and do the Pacers want to resign him? I, I think the. Bottom line answer, but it's not really the effective answer. Is yes, like, right. I, I, but it's. Do I want to sign Turner for, for X? For forty million dollars and, and if I'm year, Turner, do no. I want to sign with the Pacers for less than that? For twenty million. No. Yeah, exactly. So I'm that's where sure the is. Th- that's really like I, I. don't think the Pacers would be upset to have him, and I don't think uh, Turner would be upset to be in Indianapolis. That being said, you know, are are, is, are the Pacers willing to give up forty? Is he willing to? Yeah, uh, he's not coming down to twenty. That's not even a, right. a, a, a right. discussion. Like. Nor should. He. Nor, nor should he. he. That would be insane. I mean, so the question is, what is a happy medium they can they can is there a happy medium where they'd both be happy with? Does twenty-eight get it done? I don't know. That's, Does he? Is he going to require thirty minimum? And are the Pacers willing to go that far? That you don't know.
0: All right. Well, you call D- it. Dustin has to head out to the, uh, the the Warriors game. We appreciate you listening uh, to the uh, from way downtown podcast. Uh, please go to IndyStar.com for for everything that uh, Dustin writes.